We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How's everybody doing? Hope everyone's having a good morning. We are coming to you live on YouTube and Twitter at Oregon Football Max Taurus and at M Taurus Sports with a live episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. I'm your host, Max Taurus, and joining me today is Colin King, one of our new interns at Ducks Digest. And we're switching things up a little bit on today's episode. Um, on Saturday, we did an hour-long podcast of the Oregon Recruiting Hour, just jam-packed with notes and intel. So if you haven't watched or listened to that, check it out. But today, we're going to hit the hardwood to talk about Dana Altman and the Oregon men's basketball program because it has been an eventful offseason, to say the least. And um, you know, Colin's going to kind of lead the way on this one as, as more of the hoops guy between the two of us. So uh, I'll kind of turn things over to you and, and let you kick us off. Thank you, Max. Um, so really this offseason has been something that Oregon fans have been watching uh, very, very closely. This is a team that uh, made the NIT, could not make the um, tournament, the NCAA tournament again this season, um, that making two straight years. And I think without further ado, let's go ahead and get into where we sit um, who's on the roster, who's gone, who's here, who's coming in. And let's start off with who we lost. Um, so start things off, Oregon lost uh, former five-star um, freshman, Kalel Ware. Um, he's a center and got a little bit of playing time, uh, probably should have had a little bit more. Um, he is off to Indiana, should make an instant impact for Mike Woodson. Um, he had a bit of issues maybe with some of his, with like his motor, um, and maybe some issues, I don't know if this is personal, um, with Dana Altman. Um, and you look at some other departures, <clears throat> you have a former Juco three star, um, and he was the number seven player in all of, uh, Juco, uh, Rivaldo Soros, another, uh, the first guard on this list leaving. Um, he is a former Juco all American. Uh, who did not really see a whole lot of ups really in his time here at Oregon. Uh, he kind of struggled with some inconsistencies and now he is off to Oklahoma after taking an official visit there. Um, I think the one big up that he did have was that game winner against Oregon state. That was a big one. Um, and obviously that would have been a bummer if we lost a little brother, um, especially in basketball, considering how bad they were. Um, you look at some other departures. You have former four-star small forward Quincy Garrier. He uh, transferred in from Oregon um, from Syracuse after they had their, I believe it was Sweet 16 team, and then comes over here 
plays two seasons with Oregon. And he was good uh, the season before last, like in his first season here. Um, took more of a bench role this past year. Wasn't as good, I'd say. We don't know where he's going. Um, as of now, he hasn't announced anything. Um, I've heard a little bit of smoke about uh, Illinois, but he has not announced anything. Um, and moving on to the next one, we have three-star power forward, uh, Luke Wurr. Uh, he's a guy that I know absolutely nothing about in the transfer process here. I haven't heard a thing. He was actually a very good hustle guy for us last year. Um, Dana Altman played him a good amount when some guys went down with injuries. He was average or above average, I'd say, considering the team on defense. Um, I wouldn't say he was great on offense. He's still a bit of a project there. And yeah, I don't know really what else to add for Luke Wurr. I think he will be a steal for anybody who gets him, honestly. Um, and best of luck to him. He has not announced anything either. And then we take a look at the other uh, Juco guy on here was the number two player in all of junior college uh, was rated as a three-star on two for seven sports. That is uh, shooting guard Tyrone Williams. He was another former Juco all American um, who was great, obviously in junior college. Uh, he was not so great and didn't really crack the rotation at all here at Oregon, which is a bummer. There were a lot of uh, fans looking at him saying, okay, he could be pretty good. Um, and he didn't crack the rotation, which was really unfortunate. He did play well in the NIT, um, and a few games he did or that he was given an opportunity. And now you look really, this Juco pattern has not worked out since you, you've seen uh, Chris Duarte. Um, obviously, he's the most recent example of that Juco route working for Oregon and Dana Altman. And I think, I mean, I got to be thinking that that's why Dana Altman continues to go back to Juco because of Chris Duarte. I don't know what you think, Max. Yeah, I mean, the, the JUCO uh, option or the JUCO route has has been very interesting for, for Oregon in particular because it's, it's a route that we've seen Dana Altman continue to take, like you were talking about, um, you know, especially adding a number of guys from one specific school. I think it was Florida Southwestern or Florida Southwest State, yep. whatever it is, where they found Chris Duarte, and then they also got Brennan Rigsby, uh, from there, you know, this, this past cycle. Um, and I think it's, it's really interesting to kind of look at Altman's strategy. And I'm sure we're going to talk about it here. Colin is just, you know, trying to find that balance between the high school ranks and the Juco ranks. And then now the portal as well. Um, you know, they all kind of come with different floors and different ceilings. Um, I think one of the biggest differences between football and basketball, at least at the college level is that you're seeing a lot of younger guys play, a lot sooner uh, in basketball, which makes sense, right? Because, you know, the roster is so much smaller. Um, but it's it's really interesting to see this much movement for Oregon. Um, but at the same time, you know, just from a number standpoint, right? But at the same time, it's also kind of expected, I think, because, you know, if, if you watch that final Altman presser after the NIT loss, you know, he said, you know, things are going to change here. You know, we need to get the right guys in here. Not to say that the departures were the, quote, wrong guys, um, but you know, I think it's an, it's a, it's a statement or at least a sign that Altman is, you know, willing to, you know, really change things. I almost said blow things up, but I don't really think that's quite what's happening there. Um, especially when you, you know, have a guy like Dante coming back, which we can talk about later. Yeah. Uh, I know you probably just still want to focus on some of the, the departures, but 
I'll, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah. So, I mean, you talk about all these departures and he said that if somebody isn't bought in, then we will find somebody who is, that is essentially what he said. Um, the quote is on my Instagram. If you want to find that, um, this is a very, very interesting one. I mean, Kalel Ware leaving, that is a five-star, right? And we've seen five stars or high-rated guys not pan out and then transfer out. Um, but we have now two five-stars still on the roster. You have Infali Dante, um, who we're going to get in, uh, we're going to talk about in a little bit. And you still have Nate Biddle, who we're going to talk about in a little bit as well. Um, but then Kalel Ware here, which is another reason for the transfer of Kalel Ware. Um, and that is simply just that it's a crowded room. He's not going to get a whole lot of time regardless um, at center, or maybe you move, maybe, maybe put him at power forward. Right. But like with who you have right now, I don't know if you're really looking to do exactly that. And if you do, you'd probably be playing Nate Biddle um, over Kalel Ware right now, just because of how raw he is. Um, and I don't know, I think probably can transition also to who else is leaving. I think this is a very obvious one, one that should definitely jump out at everybody and, Oregon fans should know this guy. Um, that is Will Richardson. He is out of eligibility. Uh, he was a former four-star. He played, was a freshman with Peyton Pritch uh, when Peyton Pritchard was in college. Um, got a little bit of time in that final four run that Oregon made. And actually, don't quote me on that. I'm not sure. Um, but he's a guy who will go down in Oregon record books. Um, he was very inconsistent though. And that's what you look at going forward. You wonder, um, can Oregon find a guard who will be more consistent or can Oregon find the next Peyton Pritchard or maybe even a freshman sophomore, uh, version of Will Richardson. Richardson was, um, hampered by injuries. Um, 2021 or 2020 to 2021 season had that broken hand, missed a lot of time. Um, you saw an illness keep him out um, at last year's um, Pac-12 tournament, which was a big bummer, big blow to the team. And I would—I don't know if he is pursuing a uh, professional career or not. He hasn't made any announcement on that. I believe he has declared for the draft, though. Um, also, don't quote me on that. I think I saw it on his, on his Instagram. Um, but then going forward, so who's left on this roster? You look um, with all these departures, um, you've got uh, your senior center in Fali Dante coming back. That is by far the biggest return um, returner um, here with Dante. I mean, he was terrific this season, had a little bit of inconsistencies um, at points this season. Early on in the year, wasn't terrific by any means, but um, he was clearly the best player on this team. I don't think there's any real debate about that. And when he went down, the team was not as good. It was very, very clear he was that the team was not as good. And um, it also did give time to younger guys, um, which is why I think this next guy kind of broke out. And that is Nate Biddle. Uh, Nate Biddle is another uh, maybe power forward slash center. Depends what you want to call him. He's uh, a guy that I think personally should be starting at the four. But I'm not sure how Dana Altman will work it out. Um, he broke out at the end of the season. He was terrific at the end of the year. And I want to see what he can do going forward. Like he um, really showed a lot of flashes to the Oregon fans and a lot of Oregon fans were showing him praise. 
which he completely deserved. He stepped up in the absence of, of Infali Dante and really took over um, offensively, and he was very good defensively as well. Um, another big returning guy is Jermaine Cousinard. He's a transfer from South Carolina, um, played last season with Oregon, missed a lot of the season due to injury early on, was terrific. I mean, just um, he was on an absolute tear to start the year when he came back. Um, and then he just got kind of inconsistent, um, which is unfortunately kind of the trend, I guess, we've seen with Oregon guards recently. Um, just not really too consistent. I love Cousinard. I think he's a great player. But if he can fix these um, inconsistencies, Oregon is definitely a far better team. Um, and Oregon's ceiling is far better with him on the court. Now you take a look. I don't know if, Max, you want to add on to exactly what I was saying or not. Yeah, yeah, I can I can say a little bit here. You've been you've been on a tear. Um, yeah, just you know, some of the guys that Oregon has coming back. I think obviously the the team is going to start uh, around in Folly Dante. You know, he's kind of going to be the nucleus of this team. Uh, definitely a good a good uh, piece for Dana Altman to build around, um, especially with you know some of the younger guards coming in uh, from the twenty three class that I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit here. Um, you know, I think some people are really hoping that Jackson Shellstad can be that, you know, Peyton Pritchard 2.0 kind of a deal. Um, they really need that, you know, takeover uh, game on the line clutch kind of guy uh, at the guard spot. And, um, you know, we still don't know completely what the roster is looking like yet. You know, we got Keyshawn Bar- Bartholomew. We have to see what he's going to be doing. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to see that leap from uh from nate biddle that you mentioned you know just looking at some of his stats you know he more than doubled his minutes started in 22 of 27 games last year um you know averaged 7.2 points uh doubled his blocks from from year to year so he looks like he's really settling in here and i think that 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 stability uh kind of in the post will will help them uh will help dana altman kind of jumpstart this team a little bit uh, but you know where you're really seeing that overhaul, at least right now. You know there's still some time, obviously, uh, is uh, is in the backcourt with you know some of these guards and and wings. Yeah, and it's interesting you mentioned the takeover. I mean, this team really didn't have the only real possible guy you could say that took over was in Valley Dante, um, and that's why his return is so significant for this team going forward. But there's also guys who haven't announced anything yet and they still have the potential to return um and there's three of them so you're gonna have your guard uh and senior Keyshawn Bartholomew. he was a transfer from colorado um again continuing this transfer trend here for this roster um he was terrific towards the end of the year he was definitely one of the better players in this team i'd say maybe two three maybe four depending on where um where you really have him, right? And he missed some time as well. Both these transfer guards from last year, um, Cousinard and Bartholomew, missed time. And then Bartholomew, you saw there was a game, I believe that was Colorado or Washington State. I don't remember which, but he really, really took over and he was unstoppable. And then for some reason, Dana took him out when he was hot. And Oregon ended up losing that game. Um, he's a very valuable player, hoping we can get, hoping Oregon can get him back because that is a significant, significant piece of this team. Um, and the next guy is a guy that I personally like, um, and that is guard, uh, Brennan Rigsby. Rigsby was a guy that obviously you've seen the dunks, um, out of high school. He had that mixtape 
with uh, Ball's Life. Um, he went to JUCO, Florida Southwest uh, Community, I believe it's community college, yeah, or junior college regardless. Um, and he was a guy that got hurt um, towards the end of the year, had a season-ending injury, was hurt at the beginning of the year as well, didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Um, he was a solid defender. Um, what I, where I wanted to see him grow was uh, the three-point shooting. And he didn't entirely do that during the season, but I'm still optimistic for him. It's just how is he going to fit in with uh, potentially Keyshawn coming back, potentially um, like with maybe Shellstad being a top guy on this team. It'll be very, very interesting to watch. Um, and then you also got another guy who takes up a scholarship here that's not um, being said in a bad way, but redshirt freshman Ethan Butler. He's a guy who played in uh, four games, kept his redshirt status, and he would be back. He's a guard slash forward. Um, didn't play a whole lot. I don't know if he has um, that much stats. I don't know how much time he also played. Um, but Ethan Butler being back is an interesting one. Could definitely be a guy um, kind of on the bench, but maybe be brought into the rotation depending on who Oregon brings in with their last scholarship spot. Um I don't know if you have a thought on Bartholomew or Rigsby or even Butler. Uh, not not a whole lot to add there. I mean, I think Rigsby Rigsby's transition to Oregon was a little bit inconsistent. You know, I think that it wasn't necessarily the season that some people were hoping for. Uh, seeing him come out of the JUCO ranks, you know, I think he's a guy that obviously brings some athleticism uh, in the paint as kind of a a little bit of a slasher, but he also has some some added value shooting the ball. Um, you know, depending on what he, I don't know, are, are we expect, we're expecting him to come back next year, right? Is that the kind of the feel right Barth- now? Bartholomew? Is that what uh, you're no, no, Rigsby, sorry. Rigsby, um, there is optimism, yes, that he will be coming back. There's also a lot of uh, optimism that Bartholomew would be coming back. Okay, yeah. So I, I think for, for Rigsby, you know, for him to, if he can come back, then he can hopefully settle in a little bit and, you know, get a little more comfortable and, and try to have a, a little bit more of a consistent role for Oregon. Hopefully stay healthy. Uh, yeah, and stay healthy. That was obviously a, the injury was a big thing that he had to overcome this year. Um, so it's it's kind of crazy, Colin, when you think about all the movement that they've had and then some of the clarity that they're getting with some of the transfer portal additions that we're going to talk about here in a sec. But there's still, you know, some question marks in terms of, uh, you know, exactly what next year's roster is going to look like from some of the guys that were on last year's team. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, so you look at all these uh, waiting decisions, who's returning, um, and then you go out in the portal. And the first guy you got, well, let's just first talk about the team needs. I mean, this team, obviously, with all the departures, they needed some guards, they need some wings, potentially a big man. That has not been brought in yet. Um, and first, they went to Florida Southwest yet again, uh, junior college. And they brought in uh, guard slash forward here in Jadrian Tracy. And the biggest thing that he uh, will cover for Oregon, potentially, um, is that 43% from three-point. That is absolutely huge for Oregon. They need a guy that can be a knockdown shooter. And if he is consistent from three-point at the next level here uh, at Oregon, then I don't see any way he's held out of this rotation at all. Um and I think he could be a very, very valuable piece for this team. But it's just all about can he um, maintain those numbers that he had in Juco. And obviously, he's not going to shoot 43% again. But can he be um, good enough definitely to be serviceable and not be another Juco guy that sits on the bench? Um, and then you look uh, going, going forward from there. Uh, you have former Georgia guard, Cario Okendo. Okendo. Um, he is a guy that Oregon recruited. He is another Juco guy originally, um, which is interesting, continuing that trend yet again. Um, Oregon recruited him, didn't get him. He ended up going to Georgia. He entered the portal briefly last season, um, then returned to Georgia. Oregon uh, offered him, reached out then as well. And then again this year, and um, Oregon got him. And what you're getting with him is a very, very athletic guard. He is extremely bouncy, and he is a guy that will not uh, is not afraid to throw his body down low. Like he will throw his body at guys in the paint. Um, he will draw fouls for sure. But my, I mean, you look at his shooting percentages. Uh, I believe he's shooting thirty nine percent from the field, and he's also not a good three point shooter, which is something again at guard that Oregon doesn't have. And I personally. Um, Somewhat like this pickup uh, with Cario, um, I think this is something that Oregon was lacking, being able to drive the ball. Um, Richardson seemed complacent at times, didn't want to drive the ball, hesitated. Um, Keyshawn was more of a shooter outside, but he was still crafty on the inside. And then Kusinar didn't really – I mean, he just kind of drove and chucked it up at times. Um, and this is something that Oregon does need, but can he do it controlled? Can he be better at it? Um, at Oregon. That's the real question here. Also his consistency and maybe getting that three point shot up um, from what I've seen on film when he's in the corner and he's set, he's pretty knocked down. Like he is a very solid shooter when set and in the corner uh, Him being a guard. I'm not sure how much he's going to be set in the corner. However, um, something to watch for sure. Um, not sure. Like Max, have you seen a whole lot about Cario at all? I haven't seen a whole lot on Cario, but I think I wanted to talk about just kind of his fit and the, maybe a little bit of a trend that we've seen with Dana Altman kind of bringing in 
some really athletic guards. I think maybe part of the reason that you see him bring in a guy like Cario is because of his athleticism uh, and, you know, ability to kind of push the ball. I think that that's kind of a, a been a mark uh, in previous years where the Ducks have been successful under Altman is, is pushing the ball, you know, having the, the best offense being some good defense uh, and, you know, really getting after it in transition. Um, so I think that that's where we maybe see a little bit of, of Cario's fit kind of lining up with, with the Ducks and, and what they've done uh, the past couple of years. But um, it, it's been interesting also to see, you know, Georgia kind of rise as a, you know, a little bit more of a notable team in the SEC, uh, especially with, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards going there before he ended up uh, in the league on the Timberwolves. Um, so maybe Oregon can, uh, can bring in this, this, you know, another portal guy and, and try to kind of, you know, take him to the next level. Um, I think I'd be interested to kind of get your thoughts, Colin, just on, on how Altman has managed, you know, going through the three levels, high school portal and, um, you know, Juco, you know, do you, do you like that mixture? Do you think it's kind of, cause it feels like it really hasn't worked out too well for Oregon, obviously these past two seasons, but we've also seen it work out before. I personally do like the portal. Um, I think that Dana Altman needs to be much more aggressive in the portal um, for some of these top guys. He hasn't been overly aggressive. He settled, I think, um, a few, t- even once, maybe twice this cycle, um, he settled for some guys. And I don't really love the Juco route anymore. Um, I loved it, obviously, when Duarte uh, came in and he was fantastic. But outside of that, I haven't really loved it. And you've seen transfers in that have been fantastic with Oregon. You've seen transfers in that have been horrible. And then they've transferred out. Um, not going to name names. But, yeah, I mean, and then also back to Cario. What I think Dana Altman wanted, obviously, the athleticism, but somebody who can make a big play, like a big dunk or something, get the team somewhat pumped up. That's something this team hasn't had the past two seasons we haven't had um, at Oregon. And this this next guy as well does just that. And that is Arizona State transfer uh, wing in uh, Devin Cambridge. And Devin Cambridge is a guy who started for Arizona State um, previously at Auburn. Uh, his brother transferred into Arizona State um, from Nevada uh, to join him there. And Cambridge was uh, just under 10 points this season. He had 5.4 rebounds, um, was over 50% shooting from the field, which was great. Um, The more I watch his film, the more I like it. He's a guy that cuts a lot, slashes a lot, and gets open, really. Um, And he's very, very athletic. He's a solid defender. Um, and he's a guy that can go up and make a highlight dunk to get the group uh, or get the team hype, like hyped up. And that's something that Oregon really, really needs. Um, like I mentioned with Okendo. Um, and the one thing that really uh, comes into question here, again, for both players, really, uh, the three-point percentage um, with Cambridge only at 33%. And then you also look at free throw percentage. That's something Oregon struggled with recently, and they have not addressed that whatsoever. Um, and when I was talking about Oregon has settled maybe twice, um, one for sure being in, um, well, being from Cambridge, I do like the move to pick up Cambridge. I think it's a good one. However, uh, they picked Cambridge in the end over Dalton Net from Northern Colorado. 
uh, Net ended up announcing his commitment a few hours after Cambridge announced his to Oregon. Um, and I feel like that kind of, I mean, it was an Oregon or Tennessee battle. IU was in it early. Um, a few other teams were pushing for net as well. But if Oregon really wanted to just completely solve their uh, three-point issue, that would have definitely been a big stride in doing so. And it's unfortunate that they didn't do, they didn't get him. But Cambridge is a guy that is pretty good. Um, I'm guessing they're still going to be looking for someone who can shoot the three. Yeah, and, and, and they need to address the three-point shooting because that's that was something that plagued them the entire year. Um, and, you know, it's not – you can't win by just, you know, settling for, you know, jumpers and, you know, layups and dunks and all that. So you got to be able to to be able to attack your opponent from a couple of different ways, break them down from a couple of different ways. Um, so there, there's still some time left, thankfully, for Oregon to, to be able to, you know, get some, some more additions. Um, you know, maybe as we kind of start to wind down a little bit, we can get some thoughts on some of these incomers, uh, these newcomers uh, in the 2023 class. And you got Jackson Shellstad, Kwame Evans, and, and Mookie Cook. Uh, definitely a really solid haul for for the Ducks. And I think it was one that might have been a little bit up in the air at one point, you know, after uh, the season came to a close because Altman was saying, you know, when he was calling out fans for like not having the fan support and, you know, the lack of buzz around the program, he was saying, you know, if, if I'm the problem, make the call. And I thought that was crazy to see um, because Dana has always been very forthcoming, but he doesn't really get that upset. Yeah. Um, and even that was like, you know, pretty out of, out of character for him. So I bring that up to say that, you know, people were kind of wondering maybe at one point is, you know, is, is Altman going to be on his way out? And then what would that mean for the 2023 class? Uh, but, um, but they were able to obviously keep these guys intact and it looks like they're going to be, you know, arriving here pretty soon. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, Altman was very animated and he was several times on the, um, sideline this season, uh, just frustrated with his guys, um, and frustrated that they didn't play like they did apparently in practice. Um, but to the newcomers, uh, you got Kwame KJ Evans here, um, number 11 player in the class. According to 247 Sports, he has incredible, incredible upside, um, really both sides of the ball. Um, if anybody out of this group is going to be a one and done, it's definitely him. Um, he's definitely the most polished guy right now. He's an extremely, extremely versatile guy on defense and on offense. Um, he's a guy who could come in and potentially knock down the three with some consistency. And he's also very good in the transition game, which Oregon needed as well. Um and that's a guy from Monteverde um, Academy, one of the top programs in the nation. And it's a very, very good addition, I think. And uh, he's play, play, probably play power or small forward for the Ducks, I would assume. Um, and then we get into another forward here, uh, f- another five-star here with uh, small forward Mookie Cook. Uh, Mookie is one of the two guys in this class that is homegrown in Oregon. Uh, Mookie being from Portland, I believe. Um, but Jefferson, is, I think. Jefferson, my bad. Um, no, from Portland, but okay. Jefferson's in Portland. Um, ranked number 23 in this class by 247 Sports, and he's the number five small forward. Um, great athlete, great upside yet again. Um, and I've, I've heard some knocks on him just being, can he fill out his frame a bit? And then being maybe more consistent on offense. Um, 
because he does settle for jump shots. We've seen that a few times in his games at uh, Arizona Compass Prep, another uh, national team. Um, but regardless of that, whether he can be more consistent, um, he's going to be another good defender, and Oregon needed that. So you're getting two good defenders already in Kwame Evans and in Mookie Cook. Um, and then you add the final piece, which seems like everybody's uh, most hyped up for, which I'm not sure if, I mean, I guess it is because he's from Oregon and that being Jackson Shellstad from West Lynn, Oregon. Um, you hear West Lynn and you talk about basketball players immediately, you think of Peyton Pritchard. And that is exactly why I think there's a bit of, um, I, I say nostalgia. Um, I don't really mean necessarily uh, that it's old or anything, but just the thought of Peyton Pritchard comes to mind when you hear of uh, West Lynn point guards. Um, and Shellstad is a guy who, uh, well, really, led that Westland team uh, to a national re- na- nationally uh, top 20. They were nationally top 25 at one point. They dropped out after losing to uh, to Allerton in the state final. Um, but this is a guy, Shellstad, uh, he's got good range, very, very good range, and he will pull the trigger if he needs to. Um, he put that on display against uh, Sierra Canyon and a few other teams that they played in the national schedule. Um He's going to have to add to the frame, as both the other two do as well. Um, and I'm sure he would, or I'm sure he will, rather. Um, but also, he needs to not settle. Him and Mookie both settle occasionally. Uh, Mookie for jump shots, Shellstad for three-pointers. Um, thing with Shellstad is teaching him he, he needs to drive, um, attack the rim. He's a guy who isn't going to be a terrific defender. He is not, but he has upside there, and he's shown that at times as well. And that really leaves the team here, 12 guys potentially um, awaiting three announcements. Um, so the team could be as small as nine, but uh, probably going to go portaling, I would assume, and not have a freshman for the last guy. But it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. Got a comment here we can uh, kind of address, Colin, and then we can wind down for today and wrap up the episode. This one coming from Jason Miller saying, Neck was certainly a miss, and I believe as soon as we knew we weren't going to get him, we locked in on Cambridge. Altman's yep. settling because he isn't able to land the bigger guys. Any any thoughts there? What do you think? Yeah, so I definitely agree with this. I mean, Net was a horrid miss for us, uh, for Oregon, and this, I mean, really just the staff as well. Um this is it's just really hard to say um, that Altman isn't capable of landing bigger guys because we know, obviously, in this class, he landed two five-stars. This is like a historic class here for Oregon. Um, but in terms of transfer portal guys, yeah, I don't think they really do compete um, with a lot of top guys. And Okendo, or Okendo is a higher-rated guy uh, than Cambridge. Um, and I don't know that really... Oregon's going to go for any top tier guy to fill out their last spot. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a big man. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was another forward. Um, but I think this is a great comment because truthfully he is right. I mean, we definitely did lock in on Cambridge after, well, I think we had, we had the momentum really uh, with net after his visit, uh, his unofficial visit um, to Eugene, but then he got a visit scheduled to Tennessee. And then that's where things really started to shift. Oregon was still, even after that visit, the early leader, but Tennessee was right there and they closed the gap. And then we started looking elsewhere. 
and Cambridge came in, I believe the weekend after that. And then we're like, okay, um, maybe that's where we go. There's another uh, potential guy uh, working to confirm it still, potential fourth transfer portal guy that will be on campus sometime soon. Um, and then we're in it already early for a few top guys in 2024. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, this is a great comment. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely been a, a busy offseason so far for Dana Altman and the Ducks and, and Eugene. Lots of departures, but also some notable additions as well. We'll continue to track those uh, additions and any other movements that come up uh, on the Oregon basketball front. But but any last comments to add before we get out of here, Colin? Not really. I mean, I'm hoping for a great season, obviously. Um, and hopefully, definitely a better season. I uh, don't want to sit through another season where I feel like I want to kind of yell at my TV. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see if uh, Dana can align the Ruby's cubes and we'll see what happens. All right. So this is your second episode on the pod. Great, great stuff. Uh, where can people find more of you? If they want to connect with you and kind of what you have going on in the Oregon space. Yeah. So you guys can find me um, at insider ducks on Twitter and at ducks.insider on Instagram. Uh, I post a lot on Instagram uh, working to get my, uh, Twitter page with a bit more active. And then obviously I'll be on Ducks Digest hopefully for um, a while. All right, right on. So make sure you guys lock in with Colin, the newest addition to the team. If you want to find more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtaurussports. And you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Drop a like and a comment while you're here. Only takes a second out of your day and you can find all my written work primarily covering Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting. Big, big spring game uh, on tap this weekend. So there should be plenty of recruiting news. We'll stick, uh, we'll make sure that uh, we keep you up to date over there. But until next time, appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to talk some ducks. Thanks to Colin for coming on and we'll see you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Yeah.